Teacher Vet is a podcast about topics in veterinary medicine. Though we strive to provide research-based information, it is not intended to be used as medical advice. So if Fido is feeling sick, be sure to take him to your vet. Trust us, they know what they are doing. Hi, I'm Jacob Vockler and I'm the teacher. Hi, I'm Amanda Vockler and I'm the vet. And you're listening to Teacher Teacher Vet. Vet. Well, welcome to episode six of Teacher Vet Podcast. Amanda, how you feeling? Good. It feels like it's been a minute. <laughs> it has been a minute, and I feel like we said that last time we had an official episode. Yeah. But you can't control uh, family emergencies and things like that. No. And we're definitely not good and enough we to have. probably shouldn't have started in the middle of summer. <laughs> no. Well, in theory, that's better because I have summer break, but uh, boy, mm. stuff goes on. Um, I hate to come up with excuses. I personally have a goal of coming out with something every week, but... You know what? Sometimes, for lack of a better term, crap happens, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, so we did drop an episode last week, though. Uh, that Well, no, check that. We dropped an episode. It's been two weeks. Yeah. Um, I didn't want it to go two full weeks without anything dropping. So we dropped episode 5.1, which if you have not listened, pause now. Go back one and listen to it. It's not very long. No, it's like two and a half minutes. And it might be... <laughs> It might be the best episode yet. <laughs> so <laughs> the story behind episode 5.1 was uh, our daughter, Olivia. We had our, our door open to the area that we record our podcast and uh, she saw the microphones and she started screaming, I want to sing, I want to sing, I want to sing. And uh, initially my heart and dropped. she went for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my heart dropped because I thought there's a lot of money in that room that I don't want you breaking. And a then uh, it's more than I want her to break. Yeah. I don't want to replace anything. So uh, I was freaking out a little bit, and then I immediately thought, I got to record this stuff. So I actually have about five minutes of gold and uh, was able to get the ABCs out of her. For a a two-and-a-half-year-old, we're pretty impressed with her, aren't we? Mm -hmm. She's pretty awesome. So episode 5.1, go back, check it out, give it a listen. And uh, if you're ever having a bad day, just listen to that last 30 seconds because it is amazing. Yep, that's a good one. The other piece of housekeeping to talk about is Instagram. What happened Ooh. on Instagram this last two weeks, Amanda? We got up to 100 followers. What up? <laughs> We're kind of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> so we begged and begged for two episodes to have people uh, follow us on Instagram, and we finally got 100 followers. In fact, we have 104 as of today. <laughs> More than our four parents. More than our four parents, which is who I was literally just going to say. At the beginning of this, we said we will have four people at least listen but we don't we have way more than that mm-hmm. uh so things are going really good and that's kind of my last piece of housekeeping is to talk about i as uh even though my expectations were not very high to begin with because I didn't, I didn't know i don't know who's gonna listen uh we this has actually been growing every episode we have a new record of new listeners every episode we have a new record of downloads every episode so it's uh pretty exciting we want to thank everybody for listening and uh it's it's uh, it's been kind of fun. And we want to keep people interested in listening, so we're gonna get into the topic. <laughs> Is that what you're telling me? Well, that and we decided to take a rest from nutrition because oh. then we felt like I know for even Jake, some of it was kind of hard. It got a little <laughs> bit dense there, but but it's like a super hot button topic. The hard part about nutrition that that series of episodes was the people who are hardcore into vet med we're really into it mm-hmm. the people who are not were were kind of so so yeah. um but even then we still had more listens on those episodes than anything else so it tells you something 
Yep. It's a well, big deal. So that brings us into this week's episode. Amanda, I am super excited because when we came up with this idea, I was just like, awesome. I get to study all these cute little fuzzy, furry little foxes and their cute little tails. I just thought it was super fun that we could have a whole episode talking about foxes' tails. Yeah. I'm sure you thought that. <laughs> what? Don't you think fo- they're foxes? They're super cute. My be- I love it when Olivia says fox. It's really cute. So we were reading up on foxes and their tails this week. Yeah. She loved it. That's good. That's <laughs> not even. Did I miss something? Apparently. What's that? Fox tails. Yeah, fox's tails. Fox tails. Fox tails. I don't know. Am I saying it funny or? You know. <laughs> no. Fox tails. Fox tails. Yep. Okay. What's a. Is it not the tails of a fox? No. <laughs> what? Well, what am I going to well, do? Well, I mean, a fox tail is a fox tail, but a fox tail is also a fox tail or a cheat grass or a june grass. What am I going to do weed. with my three note, three pages of notes on tales of foxes? I'd like to see three pages on notes <laughs> that you did of research on fox tales. All right. Okay. We're going to talk about fox tales <laughs> this week. Uh, give us, we're going to talk in depth about like the weed fox tail, the cheat grass, right? I've yeah. got all that. If somebody listening has no idea what that is, give us like 30 seconds. What's a fox tail? So like I already alluded to, there are <laughs> multiple names of it that yes. people know it by. Um, foxtails, it's kind of more common, at least in our area, um, to in be called Utah that area. in Utah. Mm-hmm. When I lived in, I lived in Wyoming for a while. It was more well known as um, cheat grass. Um, some people even call it June grass. But what it is is they're those super annoying weeds when you're hiking or when you're in brush. And it gets those little pieces of barb-looking weed caught all in your socks. Like in your, yeah. It's like when you feel that little like itch on your ankle yeah. or your heel or something, you yeah. look down and you could see the little frays sticking out of the end yeah. and you pluck at it and it's just a little pointy piece. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. that's, so that's, that's foxtail. Fox yeah. Awesome. So now that we've established what foxtails are, um, I'm going to go ahead. Not foxes' tails. Not foxes' tails. Uh, that'll be like secret episode, my three pages of Fox's Tales notes. Yeah, which... I want to see these notes. <laughs> uh, let's talk about what it is, right? So the proper name is Bromus Tectorum, right? Now, that's the last time I'm going to say that because cheatgrass is is the most common uh, term. Mm-hmm. Around here, we call them foxtails. But like you said, most other places, they call them cheatgrass. Uh, they're really popular, or not popular, I guess that's a bad term, but they're really well known for being really Annoying. heavy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, they're, they're well known for being in what's called the Great Basin area, which is uh, Eastern California, a little bit of Oregon, Idaho, Utah, Nevada, um, some of Colorado mm-hmm. and all over Wyoming. So basically a lot of this like deserty kind of area, yeah. you're going to get a lot of this cheatgrass. And, uh, so the best way to identify what cheatgrass is, is it, it, just in case anybody feels like going out and finding <laughs> that out. Um, if you've never seen it before, I'm just doing my best to kind of give you an idea of where you might've seen it. Cheatgrass sprouts really early in the spring. That's one of the fastest ones that come out once spring comes, mm-hmm. and uh, which is 
why they why spread so fast. That's yeah. why it's a problem, which I'll talk about in a second. Um, it has these really long green leaves that in its early stages almost looks like it has hair all over it. So it does look like kind of like grass early on, but it looks like hairy kind of grass. When it dries out and matures, those little hairs start to sprout. And that's where you kind of get that foxtail look where it's like this really... Mm-hmm. bristly kind of fluffy end that kind of bows over to one side and kind of arcs over right yeah so that's a foxtail or cheatgrass okay from from what i was able to figure out uh, where it came from and why it's such a problem because you see them all the time and you hate them because yeah. they, they wreak havoc in animals which you'll talk about but they are not indigenous to this area even though they are spreading like wildfire around here um i was able to find out invasive they are technically invasive right they were originally from eurasia or the mediterranean uh if you don't really know what that is off top of your head you're talking northern africa spain italy greece turkey um they're they're indigenous to that area they didn't actually show face in america until the 1850s right the reason why they came here um there were several pieces of speculation Isn't that when vet schools started and stuff? (laughs) It is, actually. Whoa. And if you don't know anything about that, pause. (laughs) Go back to episode one. Hold on. Where we talk about that. I just had like a... An an aha moment. That was all the start. That's why... (laughs) That's really why all the vet schools started was for the foxtails. Foxtails. Which... (laughs) I I doubt that that's true, but let's go with it. Let's say it's true. I'm just joking. (laughs) There are several different theories as to how cheatgrass got here. I'm not going to get into the weeds about it. Hmm. <laughs> you gotta give me more than that i thought that was good <laughs> my goal is to implant a dad joke a cheesy dad joke in every episode and that's my one i i feel like people should have been able to hear my eye roll <laughs> <laughs> there are three main theories as to how cheatgrass got into america uh the number one uh theory that is constantly talked about is contaminated seed that this cheatgrass seed, like we talked about, it, it gets everywhere. It's in people's socks and people's clothes. If you go hiking in this area, you are going to come home with this on you. So they just simply think that these seeds got into other packages or or, or uh, bags of seeds, right, that mm-hmm. were being shipped over here to America. Because at this time, America is really starting to boom, economically speaking, and cash crops is one of those things. And uh, so some contaminated seed, people planted it in their farms, and then cheatgrass started to spill out. Other things that uh, people think are reasons that it got brought over is ship ballast. Now, I'm going to quiz you. I didn't know. What is ship ballast? I have no idea. (laughs) I didn't know either. Uh, I'm super naive to this. I'm not a sailor. I'm not a sailor. You're not? I'm not. I'm not, it, you know, Since when? I know I look like a pirate, but I am not. <laughs> so ship ballast is basically dirt and gravel and stuff like that, that they would put into the very bottom of ships to increase stability on its journey across the ocean. So I learned something new today. <laughs> you learn something new every day. That is correct. Uh, so again, it's very invasive. The seeds are all over the place. They believe that these seeds found their way into the dirt, got stuck on somebody in the ship landed in new york city and then spread like wildfire somebody right? like took the dirt they're like wait this is my precious ship dirt <laughs> no i need to go plant <laughs> that is that is that's what i'm seeing that's kind of no that's kind of your dead joke for the day <laughs> no that's not the case my ship dirt if it's 
if it's if it's in somebody's if they're walking around on the ballast and it's in the dirt, it could get stuck to them unknowingly, okay. and then they walk out. Right. All right. I think it also. Where did they put the dirt after I, they're done with it? Well, it just stays in you there. Didn't, you didn't find that in your research about ballast? No. Okay. I did not spend more than maybe 60 seconds on ship <laughs> ballast, to be honest. And this is way more time than I thought I would take on the podcast, too. <laughs> but you got three pages about foxtails. I do have three pages on foxes' tails. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, all right. The third main uh, theory that they have about how foxtails came to be in america or a cheatgrass is uh, straw packing material so um, people are shipping things that may have a uh, value they get their main way of protecting that would be different like like straw you know uh, mm-hmm. um, dried out grasses or whatever and cheatgrass could have been one of those things that was thrown in there so way more information than necessary as to how cheatgrass got brought to America, but it was brought to America, right? And mm-hmm. farmers started to notice that the grass that was growing in their area was not normal, and and that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? So if you think about how fast it grows, it's really fast to spring out in the spring. Um, I didn't mean to say spring twice there, but I did. Spring out. Uh, it's, it's really fast to pop out of the ground in the spring and they found that it was actually a really good grass to have for cattle cattle farmers thought that this was phenomenal and they actually encouraged the growth of this of this uh, cheat grass in their area so if you look on a map today there's a couple of them they actually have a big population of cheat grass kind of in the northeast so like the new york area there was a lot of cattle farmers back in the 18 and 1900s there mm-hmm. and, and there still are actually if you go outside of new york city itself there's actually a lot of farming in new york that people don't really know about cattle farmers thought that this was like awesome because they could feed their their uh, cattle uh, a lot faster a mm-hmm. lot easier and a lot longer because it grows really fast too and so and it, it like it like regrows really fast so yeah. they um, they didn't really have to like rotate their cattle. I'm this is where I am not necessarily perfect on this, but I do know farmers have to like rotate the ground that they use, mm-hmm. um, meaning their cattle is in one quarter of their land, and then um, as the season progresses, they want to move them because that land needs time to rest. Well, with cheatgrass, that wasn't as much of a concern because they had so much of it so fast, and and it could regrow. So they really liked it, um, and that was that was kind of a positive. Well, that in the long run has become a problem because it we learn over time that it's crazy invasive and it's getting everywhere, mm-hmm. right? Today, as we already talked about, you're actually going to see the vast majority of this cheatgrass is actually in the Great Basins, like I said, Nevada, Utah, Idaho, Wyoming, right? All the main states that kind of border that area, mm-hmm. and it was brought here um, on a massive amount in, in, in during the Western migrations in the late 1800s and early 1900s, there were tons of people that were moving west for all kinds of various reasons. California was definitely a uh, a, a place for people, like a destination for people yeah. to go to. There were lots of jobs there. Farming was good there. The gold rush was, was another thing. And so people are, whether it was intentionally or unintentionally, it came with it came with the, the human migration across. And um, this area actually just happens to be perfect kind of environment for it to grow. And mm-hmm. so it so it did. <laughs> and it grew in massive amounts. The last thing really to talk about with cheatgrass and its spread is I found a really clear statistic that proves 
just how invasive of a species that the cheatgrass is. So in a state park in Colorado, they've found that it's starting to grow so fast that they're trying to find solutions to get rid of it. And they had to do a study to determine just how fast it's growing. And right now they approximate about five and a half percent of the state park itself consists of, of cheatgrass. And they say in the next 30 years, that's going to grow to 20.4%, mm. right? That's, if you really think about it, 30 years is, is kind of a long time, but it's really not. It's legitimately our lifetime, right? Yeah. So in our lifetime, they'll see a jump from 5% to 20%. That's a very, very fast growing weed and a yeah. problem. Um, the biggest concern is that at a certain point, there it, it can overrun kind of mm -hmm. the other uh, vegetation in the area that mm -hmm. is that it's necessary or is needed and that's kind of the biggest concern so that's a lot of history about weeds <laughs> and uh but the main reason a weed. about a weed um <laughs> usually i want to talk about historical treatments and stuff like that if we can find it mm -hmm. there's really not a lot out there because these these weeds right these little pokey things that get stuck in our sock they get stuck in animals in different places on accident mm -hmm. and they wreak havoc don't they they do they do you know kind of thinking about that and you know i kind of even looked into it as well there's not like a all right this is the first documented when documentation of how we treated foxtails or cheatgrass or how we discovered how to treat them and like you mentioned it's not so straightforward because um, it just depends on the area where these what we call migrating foreign bodies can can invade and why um, you know the biggest thing with foxtails and why they are such a problem is because of that they can migrate some foreign bodies so like say like a thorn or something mm -hmm. like that will just get stuck in a paw but a foxtail with how the shape that it is it's almost like a, a barb, mm -hmm. and on the end, it's, like you said, really pointy, almost like an arrowhead. And on the opposite end, there's all these pokey little multiple ends. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. So it can't back out, and a lot of times it can only move forward and mm -hmm. migrate in. So say a dog walks on to these weeds, into these weeds, as they're walking and that motion of them walking it will push that up through their fur and that weed can then push up in through the skin, puncture in through the skin. And I've seen them, um, you know, you can, you can sometimes find what we call draining tracks where you can almost kind of see where this foxtail started. And then I can follow this draining tract all the way up under the skin, up the arm of a dog. Oh. And some of these draining tracks that I've seen are, you know, inches long. Like the, the most at least I've seen so far is like five inches that I can get an instrument up yeah. through this draining track. Whoa. The, the really <laughs> hard. No, hold on. Five. Hold on. Yeah. Five inches? Yeah. And that's, that's not a lot. That There's hurts. sometimes. Yeah. Wow. And how, how some of these dogs will act is, you know, their, their paw will be really swollen there might even be pus and drainage from well, sure they've got something spots. in there they've that's got, just mm -hmm, killing it yeah. it's got an infection yeah. and because of 
the the foreign body foreign material that's stuck under the skin some of the other places that foxtails can cause issues and cause problems with is a lot of times they can get up noses and so then sometimes these animals that just made me want to sneeze really bad yeah (laughs) just like that they're sneezing constantly. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. I was and just so, kind of kidding, but no. I guess it would make sense. It would totally make sense. <laughs> it's just a constant irritation yeah. there in their nose that they're just sneezing nonstop. Yeah. And so a lot of times then, the uh, not a lot of times, all the time, we need to sedate these animals and, and look in their nose to try and find what is what's the, going on yeah, up there yeah is, that's probably on. not very easy to see no that's gotta be terrible no, it's really hard if you don't have the right equipment yeah too um some of them end up having to go to a specialist where they have a endoscope essentially a small camera that they can get back far in the nose to try and find them and some of them if they're pretty far forward in the nose we might be able to to see them with some of our our instruments but not all the time mm-hmm other places too are eyes. I've seen a lot get stuck in the eye. Hold on. Everything I read, I read nose. I read paws. Yep. I read ears. Yep. Ears. I never read anything about eyes. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's so cringy. Like to think oh, about yeah. having that stuck in your and eye. And it's really oh. obviously painful to yeah. them. Like I couldn't put contacts in my eye. Like, I don't know how you guys do that. The people that have to, but to like touch your eye, just super cringy. Yeah. So to think about the fact that you have a weed wedging itself deeper mm-hmm. into the eye mm-hmm. sounds terrible. And then the, so the tricky, really tricky, super frustrating part about foxtails is because they migrate. Sometimes you don't necessarily see them very well. They can hide. Um, they can, you know, even if it's in the eye, it could have migrated into the conjunctiva or the essentially the, the soft tissue around the eye and where you can't then really see a lot of it anymore. Can but you just see an infection. Can like the he- the, the entry point kind of heal up to a certain yep. degree so it's hard to find the entry point? Mm-hmm. So they just got something shoved in there yep. that's wiggled its way deeper into mm-hmm. an area and then mm-hmm. you can't. Oh, yeah. yeah. These suck. They, they're terrible, and then that's why sometimes I would say there's a few things that get me really frustrated. <laughs> Cheatgrass and Cheat weeds. Grass, <laughs> no, specifically. Wait, hold on, I have to pause. I put the toilet seat down now. We're a lot better at that. I don't, let's not bring that up. I just want to stop you. Right, okay. <laughs> All right, there's a few things that get you frustrated. That's not one of them, but cheatgrass... <laughs> Cheat grass is, is one of them. And the main thing is, is what I always warn people is sometimes you also can't find them. Yeah. And that's the part that is always super frustrating to me is if you ever come up empty handed. I've had one too that um, obviously we sedate them. We sedate I our sure patients so. <laughs> as we're trying to find <laughs> these. Sometimes, you know, even in the ears in order for them to hold still. And mm-hmm. as I'm using a really long instrument down into their ear canal, I, I, I have them sedated so everybody's safe and they're not wiggling. And I'm, You better sedate me if you're going to yeah. shove something down my ear, too. Yeah. <laughs> and your ear canal is really short. In and theirs are really long. <laughs> <laughs> they're really long. Um, but you have them sedated and you're finding all this big swollen spot. I find that draining tract and I'm following it up. I even 
if when they're really sedated, heavily sedated, I even surgically open up these areas trying to find the foxtail. And then I come up empty handed and I'm sitting there. I've been there and I've been at it for forever trying to find it and nothing. And sometimes there's a chance, there's a possibility that this migrated up out of the skin and the animal might have pulled it out themselves and then that healed over where it even exited or it never exited and it's migrated into the tissue so Mm. much that I can't feel it or find it. It's just embedded somewhere. It's, It's kind of like a needle in the haystack kind of a deal sometimes like yeah. sometimes it's just kind of luck that that you find it um I've even heard of other vets saying it's kind of like fishing where you're just like really you're, hoping that you catch it and you find it yeah you're just shooting um, something out there doing what you can trying yeah. to grab what you can yeah all right so then we yeah. got to come up with a new term right so needle in a haystack so it's like Foxtail in the tissue. Yeah. Is that what the Foxtail in a paw. So future future teacher vet podcast shirts saying on the back will be It's like, like finding a foxtail in a paw. Foxtail in a paw. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna catch on, but we'll try no. cake. Sorry. Anyway. I like that. We'll have a saying. So so it's just fishing, right? Sometimes just trying yeah. to get what you get get what you can. Yeah, and and in in those instances that I can't find it, then a lot of times I'm bandaging if it's a foot bandaging the foot putting them on antibiotics and really hoping with time that it might grate up closer to the surface that we might find it or then the really sucky part is sometimes i'm like maybe it's not even there yeah and i get to tell (laughs) i could tell people that i don't know yeah it might not be there it might be let's see so without a doubt the happiest that then you will ever see me <laughs> especially in the summer now when all these foxtails are a problem is when I get to do my happy dance <laughs> when I find a foxtail Nailed it's it. like yeah <laughs> literally like scream and like yes <laughs> got it yeah and I know I'm not alone when yeah. when I talk about that I yeah. know Across the board, every vet probably feels the if, exact Who's ever same had to way. do something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Because nothing feels better. And then it's always super gross, right? We get the foxtail and we tape it. And then we save it as like the souvenir I, to show I, the I owner. Like, I got know. it. I didn't know you did that. Yep. <laughs> okay. There's even sometimes competitions that we have of like, how many do you have in a day? Or the you biggest foxtail, the biggest foxtail, or how many you pulled from one spot in the oh dog. Oh my gosh! All right, so you have to answer these questions now, off the top of your head, if you can remember how many have you pulled in a day, Ooh. or even from a dog. So in a day, I think my most was three dogs. Three different dogs. Yeah, three different dogs. Multiple multiple <laughs> foxtails in each dog, or do you remember? I don't remember. Yeah. One dog had multiple. One had like three in the ear and a couple in its paw pad. I don't remember exactly how many. Um, And as far as really a really big one, the biggest one that I've pulled out was from an ear um, in from a dog. Um, And it was, it was giant. (laughs) At least it felt so, so super giant. Um, Other crazy stories of, of foxtails um, that I've always been amazed with is none that I've had so far, but I've 
colleagues or ones that I even saw while I was in vet school, but one is actually a really good friend of mine who's not a vet. Her dog got a foxtail stuck up her female's dog's no. girl area. Oh. <laughs> okay, at first I thought you were going to say the dog's butt. No, but I don't that's know which happened one's before. Worse. <laughs> Come on. So they had to scope that and and find it <laughs> and pull it out. <laughs> okay. This is that didn't come up in my research either. No. I didn't I didn't find that. No. No. That was not in the top areas that it is found. Uh I'm assuming fairly rare, would you guess? Yes. Okay. All right. But That's fairly rare. Any Ouch. place is a possibility. Any place. I guess it would make sense. All right. I'll think logically. I won't be funny. They're on the ground, right? Because they fall off of the grass, right? After mm-hmm. they get super old and they mature, they literally will fall off. And then the goal is that they get blown away in the wind and then they plant somewhere else, blah, 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 right? Yeah. It's not a botany class but or whatever that would mm-hmm. be. But like that that's what they do. So when it falls on the ground, let's say it falls on the sidewalk, dog sits down for a second. Yeah. That's all it takes, mm-hmm. right? Because it, it, it literally has the, the yeah. barbs that gets caught in the fur and, yep. and, and it then... can find its way mm-hmm. anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yikes. All right. Any other so, crazy oh, yeah. stories? Anything yeah. you want to share? A big one. So when I was in vet school, it wasn't my case, but one that was at the school, this dog had chronic issues um, in its chest. And it was having all this um, buildup of fluid in its chest. And nobody could really determine why. And so that's why... They ended up sending the dog to the specialists at the teaching hospital at the veterinary school um, in Washington, and they ended up doing a CT scan and determined, yeah, well, we need to look in the dog's chest and figure out what this is. There's probably exploratory like a, surgery of yeah, sorts. They they're like there has to be some sort of a foreign body here. Um, sure enough, there was a fox tail stuck. In the, the pericardial sac, um, which is the sac around the heart, How? it was lodged in there. How does it make its way all the way in there? Well, what I wonder is, is even some dogs will swallow these, right? Okay. And so then it gets stuck there even in their esophagus, and then it migrates there in through the chest. It they can Holy find a cow. way yeah these things that's why early on right and, and i and we say it intentionally they wreak havoc yeah. i mean they, they make their way in and mm-hmm. then they just find a way yeah. to totally wreak havoc there's even been reports of um, foxtails being found near the spinal cord or spinal column of of dogs too and a lot of it is that is it maybe was migrated either from the skin into the muscle and then deep deeper and deeper and just in the right area to get in around the bones and near the spinal column um or was it ingested and then kind of made an internal route that way yeah so it's crazy it's crazy crazy what they can do um and what i tell people is that they're really hard to get rid of especially when they're in your yard but Boy, if you have them in your yard and if you have a dog that has a chronic problem mm-hmm. with them, get find a way to get rid of them. <laughs> and it's yeah. really hard. And I'm not I'm not like a obviously a, a plant big yeah. plant person. So <laughs> I'm like that 
pay whatever money you need to to get rid of them. Yeah. There's even some people that claim they need to be burned down. Yeah, I was in actually, order to get rid of them. Yeah, I was just gonna say that that. In <laughs> but my, do that safely. In my research, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, please. In my research, I uh, I was actually learning a lot about that, and that's what they say. The number one way to get rid of it would be actually having cattle go through and, yeah. and eat it and then burning down what you can um or if you could find a way to burn it down because it it uh, it grows back so fast though uh-huh. it could become a problem but yeah burning it down was was definitely their recommendation so this is the disclaimer though if you try and burn down a field of foxtails by your house and your house burns down, don't be like, well, teacher vet podcast told me to. <laughs> this is no. not medical advice. This is, find, a, this is information. Find a, find a professional that knows yeah. how to burn down weeds and all that. Because wow. they get super dry. And I can imagine, like, that's oh, yeah. why they say to burn them down. Because yeah. that definitely, I mean, they're very... Uh, flammable <laughs> they are so i mean if uh, if a foxtail finds its way into a paw or ear or eye i mean there's there's clearly a problem there right there's an inherent mm. problem are there any long-term issues or effects to know about or is it just like case by case depending on where it embeds itself kind of case by case where where it tends to be and there's a chance there's there's even some i've heard of that people wonder if there is a wound like there's it's not very often this is super rare but a wound that never really heals or a chronic infection yeah say in a paw or you know somewhere on this on the surface that maybe there is a foreign body or something stuck there but we just can't find it yeah um and so i mean the biggest thing is going to be usually antibiotic treatment as well as getting removing the source of the infection, right? The the foreign Hopefully, body. If you can find Hopefully. it. <laughs> and that's why I'm so excited when I find it. <laughs> because it's hard. There was one more recently that I that I had and then I couldn't I couldn't find anything. A colleague then went in looking and then she couldn't and then a third vet <laughs> went in and found it. So it took bragging three rights. vets. She totally, I know. That third one got bragging rights, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. But it's like one of those, it's like, well, I I loosened the lid of the jar, so you just got to open it. <laughs> That's our theory a lot. We talk about that. Yeah. The the jar. The jar opening is the, the jar theory, opening right? is the... Well, I loosened it for you, so that's yep. why you were able to open it. Yep. Yeah. So that's that's why. It's like, well, I explored it first <laughs> i don't think that made it easier sometimes that makes it harder because then there's more blood and yeah. stuff makes it harder to see so but yeah i mean foxtails are terrible always if you are hiking um or going out anywhere always be really thorough and check your dogs for anything stuck in their paws and their fur brush them out really good if they're shaking their head excessively or squinting their eye or sneezing excessively after being outside and hiking, I would take them in, yeah. take them to your vet. Yeah, if you could find it on their paws or whatever really soon, you can yeah. just pull it right out. Before they it migrate. hasn't embedded itself mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in theory, by the time you get home, 
you mm-hmm. check them out um, mm-hmm. if, if you've just gone for like a, a little hike or whatever. If you're out camping or something and you're out, it should be a daily check, right? You should probably yeah. be checking them for ticks too if you haven't been treated, but <laughs> you should treat your animals Look for that you, too. you, dropping in the check little it out. <laughs> tick, tick checking. Um, but uh, you should definitely be checking your animal daily if you're out in, in the brush and hiking yeah. and stuff and, and out camping or whatever, but you should always be checking that. It's, it's just not good, so... Mm-hmm. Very burn good. it to the ground. Burn it. Burn it down. <laughs> so, uh, pretty quick episode today. Nothing, uh, not a ton of history on treatment, like we said, but because it's kind of, it's a little bit more local, uh, it's just kind of a, a smaller thing, but mm-hmm. it is a big thing and you see quite a bit and people talking about it. So, we definitely felt it was worth mentioning. It definitely takes up your day a lot of days and yeah. actually i just saw a post my on, lunches too <laughs> takes up your lunches <laughs> i just saw a post a post from the holiday vet clinic where you used to work where they had mentioned foxtails are a big problem and so it's definitely out there this is this is a, a problem especially right now where we're in the later parts of the summer and things are drying out and they're getting all over the place so before we close, uh, we just want to mention that this episode is brought to you with support from the Artec podcast. They talk about uh, political events, or political issues, recent issues. They kind of have a funnier uh, skew on things, and so go ahead and check them out. And uh, at this point, we just want to go ahead and thank you for listening to our episode this week. We really hope that you learned something new, and you maybe even got a little laugh along the way. I know I did. <laughs> uh, remember, your dad joke. Yeah. You can find us on Instagram. Go ahead and check us out there. We need more than 104 followers. We also have a Facebook page that's under Teacher Vet Podcast. You'll find us there. Also, we have a lot of topics and ideas that we want to be sure to talk about in the future. However, we really want to make sure that our listeners are being catered to. So if you guys have anything you want us to talk about, Go ahead and send us an email to teachervetpodcast at gmail.com or you can hit us up on any of the social media sites. That's also fine too. And uh, if you have any feedback, ideas or whatever, just throw us a note or you could just throw us a note to say that you're listening. We'd appreciate that too. And with that said, thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Uh